Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connections, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello there and welcome to Back to Basics. My guest today is Samantha Besuda Drucker, a lifestyle genie, image consultant, journalist, host and actress who has appeared in numerous TV shows and publications and is known for having the savoir vivre and savoir faire for just about anything. Sorry, I had to throw my French in there. <laughs> She's a co-host of Love and Design Project, a renovation series where she and her husband, architect Jeffrey Drucker, address spatial challenges with sophisticated and cost-effective design solutions. Wait, there's more. Samantha is also the originator of 90 Days to Husband Number 2, a dating system based on proven techniques that I have to say I, do, I hope I don't have to use, and a co-host on Sexy is Timeless Talk. Hello, Samantha. How are you doing? Oh, hello, Leticia. Thank you for such a beautiful introduction. I'm so delighted to be on your show today. Well, I mean, I, I, it's not every day I have someone that really, really has such a broad experience in all walks of life. And we never spoken in person, but I follow some of your successes. And uh, I, I can tell that I'm going to struggle today in keeping this interview with them. Okay. <laughs> because I can tell already we, we will have so much to talk about. So thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, you and I share the commonality of being connectors. Mm -hmm, absolutely. You know, and as women in business, I think that we are, I'm going to guess, both risk takers. You know, I so many lifestyle self-help people always say, oh, no, you need to practice your boundaries. You need to practice saying no. I don't believe in that. I believe in saying yes. Just say yes. What do you have to lose? And if you don't know how to do something, you will figure it out. Just say yes, because that opens up a world of possibilities. And if I have one belief in this lifetime, it's to believe in the power of the possibility of what if. That is where the magic is. I love it. I love it. And I couldn't agree with you more. And it, and it's funny. And I'm going to be all over the place in this interview already because I, <laughs> I'm going to bypass a little bit uh, the beginning part. But, uh, you know, when you say I say, I hope I never have to use your technique on husband number two, but I found my husband online. So I kind of <laughs> went already. <laughs> Ah, there you go. So I already know the power of just saying yes and go through unconventional methods to, to find happiness. Yes. And, and I believe that, you know, there's many different kinds of happy. And when it comes to finding a life partner, it's really about finding the right love and the right partner for you in particular. You know, because there's a difference between love and passion, and there's so many different kinds of love. But that doesn't mean that that kind of love is necessarily going to make you a good life partner. So it's finding the right partner 
for you. And, you know, I know that my resume is a bit long and it seems like it's kind of maybe very diverse. But for me, I have always seen it as multiple facets, like a diamond of the exact same thing, which is you living your best life. I love it. I why love it. I became an image consultant. And I've helped many of my clients get married. Um, and for me, uh, both marriages, my first and my second marriage, happened within uh, 90 days. I found both husbands and I realized that my behavior was the same. And when I had the success with my clients finding their life partners, the coaching was the same. So finally, I, I put it into a series of columns and now a book that is coming out very soon called 90 Days to Husband Number Two. Wow, that's that's amazing. So tell me about young Samantha. I mean, were you like this uh, from a very young age, very extroverted? Like, what, what did you like? What were you passionate about growing up? So I was passionate about theater. Mm-hmm. And I was passionate. I guess I was a, a little diva in the making. Um, <laughs> but on the inside, I didn't feel that way. I grew up feeling very um, not comfortable in my skin. And I am a first generation uh, Sephardic Jew. And, and uh, when I, go, when I went to school, everyone was white and blonde and preppy and, and I, didn't, I didn't fit in. I never felt that I fit in. And, um, you know, everything at my school was, you know, very rigid and very vanilla. And, and let um, me interrupt you. Where was this school? Where are you originally oh, from? I am from Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. Okay. Just to and give perspective as to imagining to you on that vanilla school. <laughs> yes. I went to one of these very, I went, I admit, I, I am grateful that I am the recipient of a very privileged education. And mm -hmm. um, I went to one of these elitist prep schools in New England, in, in Boston, um, and I did not fit in. And, uh, but the people that, that I felt, the teachers that resonated with me were the drama teacher, the music teacher, and the art teacher. And these are the people, and one other teacher who changed my life um, because I'm also terribly dyslexic. Mm -hmm. And uh, she really helped me with the, the concept that everything is workable. You can overcome and get around pretty much everything. And, and the, the work ethic, the idea of discipline, because I always had to work twice as hard, three times as hard as all the other kids. Um, because reading and writing and math were just very difficult for me. You know, um, to this day, I can't spell anything or add two and two together. Well, so, now that everything is workable. Everything is workable. <laughs> but I never fit in. And so I think that is what led me to be a dreamer and to be a risk taker. And I was always told that I was too short, that I was too fat, that I wasn't blonde enough, um, all of these things. And so I just decided I wasn't going to pay attention. So I went to NYU where I studied acting 
uh, musical theater and educational theater. And little did I know that that was really going to be a big catalyst for me uh, and journalism and speech communication. So I use dramatic constructs and entertaining uh, ideas and a sense of humor in my work to share my knowledge with other people because my goal in life, my wish in life is through entertaining constructs to help people live their best life. I want people to feel great in their own skin because I never did. <laughs> now I do, but it was a whole journey to get here. So I like to share what I have learned along the way and my 20 years as an image consultant, 10 years as a, as a professional dancer. Um, so this was a journey. I didn't just roll out of bed and become a lifestyle genie. It was a process. I've been a makeup artist. I have been a stylist. I've been a personal shopper. And then I morphed into image consultant. And then finally, here I am, reemerged, rebranded as a lifestyle genie. Wow, I love it. And, and it's funny because, I, you know, I had someone else uh, on the show a while back now. Uh, she's an image consultant, but she came from the pharmaceutical world. So something very different. And it was, she shared exactly the same thing you're sharing now that she, uh, although she's blonde, <laughs> and that, uh, you know, the perception of her was that she was beautiful. She didn't feel beautiful. And she embarked in this whole image consultancy thing because of her own journey. So I think in that sense, it's interesting how you see that in, in becoming confident and comfortable in your own skin, of yes. course, you have the tools to help others feel comfortable in your own skin. Yes. And, and, you know, a lot of people in similar industries, other image consultants, sometimes they make the mistake of doing a cookie cutter, mm -hmm. trying to make everybody look like them and, uh, or, or wear the clothes that they wear. And me, I've always believed that you have to be you and nobody else. I want my rock stars to look like rock stars and my lawyers to look like lawyers. And it's not just the clothes you wear. I, it's beyond feeling good in your skin. It's about the beauty on the inside being reflected on the outside, not just through your aesthetic appearance, but also your behavior, how you interact with the world around you and the space that you inhabit. And, and so really love and design project, which is my home renovation show that I do with my husband, architect Jeffrey Drucker, um, was just another facet of that because the space you inhabit, your home, which is so important now more than ever, um, really needs to be a reflection of you, your personality, your lifestyle, and it has to be functional. And, you know, most of the world, we, in, the, in the big cities, we live in apartments where space is finite. So it's about really making things aesthetic and functional and feeling good and healthy. That is a great point, especially, as you say, in these times. And, and it's funny because it's, uh, I don't know where I read recently that it's, you know, the, the whole concept of 
when you are thinking about your life and all that, that sometimes we have to do a U-turn and look inside of us. And it's not sometimes. We should do a U-turn and look into our hearts all the time and getting to know us and what makes you happy. And, and, and with that goes the home and really your entire environment. And sometimes we are so busy with day-to-day life and we focus on relationships we have with others and, you know, spaces we occupy with others, like our office, or and then we abandon a little bit the concept of our own space, our own home, our own heart. Yes, I, I believe that a home, especially now, not only has to be aesthetically pleasing to you and a reflection of your personality, but also has to be functional so that you can work, so that you can do your hobbies, so that you can connect with your family, so that you can have your career, whatever you do at home, exercise, workout, and it should be healthy. So, you know, the the refrigerator should have plenty of room for fruits and vegetables. There should be a good blender so you can make that green juice in the morning. You should have a place to work out. You should have a place to work. There should be zones for things. And I, I, I believe in putting water filtration systems in every apartment, you know, like alkaline, medical grade water filtration systems. It's like the best investment you could make in your home and anything else that makes you feel good because life is short. So we need to feel good and take care of ourselves. Absolutely, absolutely. So so you would say that, I mean, in the path that you chose, and it was, uh, for what I understand, what made you feel comfortable, what you thrived in, it kind of took you to, obviously, this life that you have. Uh, were you, would you say you were, you feel you were stay connected to what makes you tick within, in a very strange way that you got there, but this is what makes you happy, this is what uh, excites you? Yes. I mean, I still do some acting work and some voiceover work. I mean, I'm still a working actress, but, but really my, the biggest chunk of my journey has been sharing in very public ways um, and privately as well, one-on-one with clients, but really delivering this message to as many people as I can, just sharing the tips and knowledge that I know with other people. And having a sense of humor while doing it because that, sometimes that, people take themselves way too seriously. <laughs> absolutely. No, that's uh, that's beyond important. So, But I take it that definitely acting is still something that maybe it's uh, it's uh, something that you wish to keep pursuing. It, it, it makes you happy. Yes, it makes me happy. And But like I said before in the beginning of your show, for me, everything that's on my resume, everything that... Im- embodies who I am is just multifacets of the same diamond. You know, like being on your show, it's an audience. Maybe I'm not, I'm not pretending to be a character with you. I'm on here, your show today as me, but you have an audience and it's being able to share with an audience that really, that excites me. The power to connect with people and share is what it's all about for me. And that's the same when you're on stage. You are sharing a piece of your soul that you have put into a character, and then you're sharing that with an audience. It's kind of the same thing, except that this is more educational, hands-on tips that you can take away, and one is, uh, you know, fiction. That's the difference. I see it because I think... I. 
think we'd relate in the, the, the fact that I feel that you like to inspire people. And that's how I got on the podcast on the first place is, you know, in every conversation I had, I could inspire someone. I also had some friends that I introduced them to their, you know, after I met my husband online, I say, you should try it. And I could convince them to try it, you know, to, to say yes, instead of saying no, and be open to the possibility of it happening. And that then they found their, mar- their, their husbands there. And that it felt good. I always say it feels good to make the impossible possible or to prove to others that the impossible, that thing that cannot happen in a million years, happened just because you were open to it. Yes, I have a client who was very, very shy. He was a techie nerd and really not feeling comfortable in his skin. So I worked with him for about a year. And then like, and I I taught him, I didn't set him up, but I taught him how to hunt for himself. And he found his mate and they have a few kids together. And then several years, like 10 years went by and I reconnected with him briefly. And he was like, Sam, I just, I want to thank you because of you, I met my life partner and we have these beautiful children together and it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for your help. I just started crying, yeah. you know, tears of joy. I imagine if it's the best, the best feedback you can get is when you make, you know, that, that impact on someone's life. And, and that they are open to receive it because I, I almost see it as a pay it forward. And I had a few episodes ago, that I had, we had this episode on pay it forward. Yeah. Someone did the same for me. And maybe one word, one push, one, you know, a idea that someone planted in me and I went and did it and be, was open to it. And then, and then something magical happened. And so it's almost like that uh, passing the torch feeling of, of doing the same for others. Yes. I mean, I think that in the 30 years of my career, being obsessed with this idea of living your best life and that every person should really have the chance to be in this world, the person they want to be. Think how much happier this planet and its population would be if we were all doing what we love. You know, we would all be so much better as people. Um, And And it's really about giving people a chance. And so as a lifestyle genie, you tell me who you want to be in the world. You tell me what your goal is, what issues are, what it is you are aspiring to. And if I can't help you, I will tell you immediately. I cannot help you. But if I can, it shall be done. The genie comes out. As long as you are willing to do what I tell you to do. <laughs> well, but it, so- it sounds to me that you're making a difference. I know that you also um, have a column at the Times Square Chronicles called Ask Sam. Yes, I have. I write as Ask Sam for the Times Square Chronicles, and I write as Image Gal for DivaGalsDaily.com. That's awesome. And so you have people asking you anything. Ask me anything. Okay. Anything. Well, I, I'm just going to ask because I just told you, I, I think your other project sounds great. But again, I've only been married once and I would rather avoid finding my second husband. So I would say, ask Sam, what's your piece of advice for people to stay married on the first place? What, what, did you, what was your learning point uh, on your first marriage and, 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 you know, to try to have a happy union? So... My advice is to 
find the right partner in the first place. A lot of people, too many people get married to the wrong partner for all the wrong reasons. You know, the partner might be a perfect person, but not for them. Um, and so that's step one. And even then, I cannot guarantee that your marriage will last for an eternity, although I hope it will. But, you know, finding the right partner for you is first. And that has to do with your values, your cultural backgrounds, languages you share, things that bind us and connect us, aspirations. And I'm not saying you should, you know, be with somebody who is identical to you because opposites do attract. You need somebody that balances you. And in terms of keeping that love alive, that is a constant effort. That is date night. That is what happens in the bedroom. That is the love notes that you text each other during the day or a special recipe that you make for your husband or he does something nice for you. And it's about constant appreciation. I tell my husband every day that I love him, that I appreciate him, and he does that for me as well. And that is um, the constant love connection and communication that has to be ongoing. Otherwise, things get stale and, and, and fizzle out and die. It's sort of like the atrophy of a muscle. That's why you have to work out keep everything tone is the same thing the love muscle works the same way you know i love it i always <laughs> ask this question people laugh about me when i was about to get married 13 years ago now i read a book about divorce and i know i've said this in an episode in somewhere and people a month before my wedding i was at the beauty salon and my hairdresser said why are you reading that are you crazy and i said no i want to know before it happens i want to be aware if i don't know about divorce i don't want this book after i got divorced i want to before i got the I, you know i even get married so that i know where to look for the red flags and uh, it really was great that i read it because a lot of things that i could recognize would have been a problem i avoided them uh, just by being aware of, of where some problems arise. And sure. so I like these kind of questions because you always, you know, learn from someone that has been there before. Well, both my parents are divorced, so I didn't have a, a lot of examples to follow, you know. So, um, yeah, no, but I think you hit it on the nail. I got married late. I got married at 34. And one of the reasons was that, I dated many people that seemed perfect. I, I always say I have one boyfriend. I'm, at one point, I made a list. And everything, every single thing I had on the list was there. And he was the worst relationship I had. The worst. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and you know, it's funny because I'm Italian. My parents are Italian and we were raised in Venezuela. So I always thought someone that has the same background because sometimes it's hard to understand that dynamics, you know, of being from one place but not really being from that place. And and this guy had everything. And and it was just, there were other things that maybe you don't think about. in the sure. it, with The big items were there, but the small items, those that you were talking about and that make a difference in the day-to-day. -day. Like, he was a bragger. I don't like a bragger, you know? We would go to a disco. He wanted to bypass the line and be <laughs> the first in and paint the guy, you know? And I am not that person. I want to get in line and do things right. And, and so I'm like, this is never going to work out. I cannot be married to this guy. But you did 
the right thing. I mean, look, life is a journey. We all lo- learn and grow and make mistakes despite our best efforts. And, and it's what we take away from that. But what you did, which I love, because I always tell my clients to do the same thing, is you made a list. I yeah. made a list. Yeah, I you still have, have it. Yeah. You know, just the second time, my list was different. Absolutely. And I, like you, got married late. I, my first uh, marriage was at 30, you know. But are you the same person now that you were at 34? Of course you're not. Not at all. You know, you're better, fiercer, wiser, and more fabulous. And I will put know? a whole lot more things in my list if I was to write it now. <laughs> <laughs> Even if my husband has most of them, but there are things you don't think about, you know, but, uh, but that's, uh, that's, I can see that as being a full episode. So giving back, giving back is something I I, I want to share with you. So I'm a big believer in paying it forward and giving back. And I I have done that in two ways. Um, The first way was, you know, small, casual way. I called up all of my girlfriends who are in somehow related industries, even ones that are in industries that have nothing to do with the, you know, what we were all doing. But I invited all of my girlfriends to come to my home once a month for a diva tank. Mm-hmm. And so we could share the projects that we were working on, the challenges we were having with those various projects. And here comes the connector part how could all of the women in the room or some of the women in the room maybe had a solution, an idea, a contact, or the ability to help one of the other women in the group with something that they were working on so that we as a collective of women who are friends help each other to move up and forward. And so I felt like that was important and and that started out of hearing every week, you know, I'd call my girlfriends, hey, girlfriend, how you doing? Hey, what's up? And I heard all of my brilliant and talented girlfriends saying, oh, I'm working on this, I'm working on that. But oh, I'm having a problem over here. And, oh, I'm having a challenge over there. And I was like, wow, this is ridiculous. We should all just be in the room together and seeing what how we can help each other, you know, complete the circle for one another. Um, so that was one way that I decided to get back but for many years now, because I am a heart attack survivor, oh, wow. and I felt that as a professional personality um, and a heart attack survivor who used to be a professional athlete, you know, my first company was a dance studio. I wow. danced competitively as a ballroom and Latin dancer and, you know, taught lessons. I was dancing eight hours a day for 10 years. Um, So I'm not somebody you would think would have a heart attack. But you know, heart attacks are one of the number one killers of people on this planet. Um, And And how old were you if I may ask? 41. Wow. Wow. 41. Um, And so scary, I'm sure it was very scary. I was uh, very, you know, I was feeling very alone at that time. And so I got plugged in and got activated. I, you know, went to cardio rehab. I got connected with um, um, Mended Hearts, the New York chapter. Mended Hearts is a national organization. I got connected with the American Heart Association. I am now uh, uh, connected with uh, Survivors Have Heart, which um, is uh, supported by AstraZeneca. 
and Survivors Have Heart is an extraordinary program, but raising heart health awareness, raising awareness for heart health and just being there to listen or to, you know, help get somebody plugged in or to share what I have gone through knowing that it might help somebody else who's been going through the same thing. And sometimes it's something small. You know, I was once at a meeting where people were discussing their their stents. And I said, you know, me, I, I feel my stents sometimes, like a little pinching sensation. And I wish that somebody had told me that that might occur. And half of the room said, what? What are you talking about? You can't feel your stents. And the other half of the room said, oh, me too. You have that too. Me too. I feel this pinching sensation and nobody told me. So sometimes you don't even know what's going to click for somebody else. But, you know, we have to share. Otherwise, we never know. I love that. Uh, share and listen. It's very important. And, and understanding that our perspective is not absolute. It's relative to our own experience. Yes. So I've tried to raise money and raise awareness for, for various heart organizations. Wow, that that that's amazing. I, you I you gotta pay it forward. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And so anything else you wanna share, exciting, anything else that you say this keeps me ticking. During those times of, of your tough experience, maybe, what what helped you stay connected after a heart attack? What what helped you stay I'm here? Yes, running. Mm -hmm. Running helped me. Getting back to physical activity as soon as possible. Cardio rehab was the key. And when I first arrived in cardio rehab, I looked around the room and it was like full of grumpy old men in their 80s and 70s. And here I was, this 41-year-old woman who was in shape. I mean, six-pack abs in shape. And I was like, oh my God, is this it? Am I, am I, I'm too young to be old. This, this cannot be the end for me. And then a light bulb went on. This angel came over to me. So he turned out to be the founder of the New York chapter of Mended Hearts and God bless him. He's no longer with us. Um, but Michael, he came up to me and he said, hey, kid, what you in for? And he's much older than me, you know, a senior gentleman. Just the fact that that's how he approached it. Like, hey, kid, what you in for? First of all, he had me at hello with of that course. one. You say, I'm not old after all. <laughs> People see that. I don't belong here. <laughs> he's calling me kid and he's asking me what I've been here for. Like, it's a prison. I thought that that was so cute. He had me at hello. And then he, uh, he said, you know, I said, can I work in your set with you with the weights? Because he was the only other person in the room doing weights and he's like sure and we became friends um very close friends and um you just you never know how um reaching out your hand to somebody is gonna change somebody's outcome because i went from being depressed to being activated and motivated And then, I, you know, a couple months later, I ran the Wall Street 5K for the American Heart Association. And a couple years later, I had become the official runner 
of my New York chapter of Mended Hearts because most of the people in that room can no longer run. Um, so I became their, their official runner, which filled me with, with pride and, and joy and a sense of purpose. Um, so we got to do the things that we can to, to help um, heal the world. You know, there's an expression in, in Judaism called a tukun alam. And tukun alam basically means to help heal the earth. Mm-hmm. And, and that can Beautiful. manifest in all kinds of ways. Sometimes it's just about being willing to share yourself or reach out your hand to somebody in some small way. For, you know, like that, it was just that somebody said hello with a smile. And that's all it took. So sometimes you just have to, you know, you have to put a smile on your face and, and say hello to the world. Yeah, well, I love it. And I love, Samantha, that you were willing to share yourself with us and with the Back to Basics audience. I will absolutely put all the exciting things you have going on on our show notes so that people can check you out and see how they can activate the genie maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I really wish you the best of luck and uh, we'll we'll definitely uh, keep keep you in my radar because you're an inspiration. So thank you so much. Thank you. You, uh, you have m- my links to my website. Yes, I do. But you can say you can say them out loud if you want. Oh, terrific. If you would like to reach out to me, my email is Samantha at socialimage.net. My website is www.socialimage.net. And my Instagram is Samantha Basuto Drucker. And you'll be jealous when you see her Instagram because she has amazing pictures, uh, gorgeous uh, activities and and herself. So thank you. Thank you, Sam, for everything. And and you can ask Sam anything through her column, too. So (laughs) anything. And you can also watch Sexy Thomas Talks on Wednesdays where my girl pals and I have a great show. You should come on the show. Absolutely. I can testify to that. And we have one of your co-hosts, uh, Luisa Diaz, on the show. And I mean, you you, you are all doing fantastic work. So thank you for, for being amazing women that are breaking the glass ceiling, as they, as they say. This is a good time to be a woman. Oh, thank you so much, Leticia. Thank you. Thank have you, Samantha. Have a beautiful day. Take I care. Love, I'm so grateful to be a guest on your show. Thank you. Thank you. And until the next time. <laughs> <laughs>